He's a native Texan, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is The Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a beautiful morning in the hill country. I put on my uh, hoodie this morning to go out front, my uh, Broncos, brand new Broncos hoodie I got for my birthday. Thank you. I love my wife. And um, by the way, quick prayer, um, quick prayers for for my wife for right now. Just please stop and uh, quick prayer for my wife and god knows what the prayers are for and so just uh for gail just a quick god cover gail right now and uh so that's what we need um a lot of things going on man is it this ugly season or what more than ugly raise your hand if you got that nasty text about supreme court judge uh john devine Raise your hand if you got that text last night. Did you believe it? Was this truth? Are you getting played? I've known John Devine and his wife and his kids for now 15 years, maybe a little bit longer. He is an outstanding man. He is a godly man. They are a godly family. They are amazing people. They are humble. This is the thing about John Devine and his wife, Nubia, and his family. Humility and being humble is is what's, that's the key. And they are amazing at it. And I and the funny story I will tell you is I know I got to know Nubia Divine first and um, because she worked in uh, Kyle Biederman's office. I had no idea she was married to a Supreme Court judge. None whatsoever. A while later, Nubia calls. They're in town. Her and her husband are in town. They'd like to have lunch with me. So we go and have lunch. I'm sitting there the whole time with a Supreme Court judge. I had no idea he was a Supreme Court judge. All I knew was Nubia Divine was this awesome lady I'd met up at the Capitol, and this was her husband. And they came to Fredericksburg, and they said, yes, that is true. So I... That that text that went out last night is absolute garbage, garbage, garbage. And I uh, I immediately texted Nubia last night when I got the uh, when uh, I started my phone started ringing because people were getting all up in arms about this text and wanting to know is this true? And it, I I had to go on 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 defense last night and say no. This is this is junk. This is an attack. So I texted Nubia last night. We exchanged a number of uh, texts. Um, John uh, Devine, besides being a Supreme Court judge, and by the way, the most conservative Supreme Court judge we have in the state of Texas. And all you have to do is look and read some of his writings while he was as a judge. That's all you got to do whether it's his dissent or whatever it was, 
Go back and read what John Devine has done and said. And a text you got last night is worthless. But unfortunately, you know, we talk about this. I, I talk about this quite often. Everybody, everybody, good Lord. Oh, why do they have to be so nasty? Why do I, I saw I saw something in one of the socials a couple of days ago. I don't need any more of these nasty, nasty flyers in my my mailbox. I know who I'm going to vote for, folks. Do you know why they send, everybody complains about all the nasty ads, whether it's TV or radio or print, showing up in your mailbox? Do you know why you continue to get those? Because they work. I that's I can tell you that because as a capitalist and <laughs> these guys, you may think that these politicians have unlimited funds and it feels like they do sometimes, but they have limited funds, essentially, unless your name is Biden. All right. They've got they've got they have a limited set of funds. They choose to spend their funds in the best and smartest way possible so as not to waste their money. So they don't put out nasty ads because it's like, well, let's just go ahead and put a nasty one out. We know they don't. They put out nasty ads because they work. You know who they work on? Well, I started to say they don't work on you because you're listening to this program, and I'm going to stick with that for right now, but I'm actually a little bit concerned about that thesis. But it works on all your friends. It works on all your friends. They'll get one text, one email, one flyer, and they'll go, Oh, my God, look, it's Kyle Biederman in a Hitler outfit. And that's all they'll do, and that's it. It's over with. You know, um, Rush Limbaugh called him the uh, low-information voter. Low-information voter. He was being nice. He was being nice. It's more than a low-information voter. It's people who don't care enough to get engaged. It's not a matter of they're not getting enough information. It's low information. It's people... So many voters who want to make sure they say, well, I voted, and look, I'm a good Republican. I vote every time, and I volunteered during the election season. But they're they're shallow, and you can tell that by the people that they elect. You can tell that when I have a conversation with someone who says, you know, I met so-and-so last week, and in my head I'm going, oh, my God, that, that person they met is a snake in the grass and the furthest thing from a, a conservative. I could name names right now, but this happened just last week. Just last week, someone said, well, you know, I met her, and she is so nice, and, and, and she, was, she was wearing a cross and, and had a Bible, Bible verse on her bumper of her car. And they were referring to someone I've known in the Republican circles for many, many years who I know is a progressive who pushed for homosexuals in the Republican Party. But when they showed up and shook this person's hand, and they were so nice, is that what you're de de deciding to vote on, someone you met and they were nice? Are you deciding to vote against someone or for someone else because you got a flyer in the mail 
that showed you a picture that made you feel uncomfortable. You don't know anything about it, but you saw the picture. Or you got the text last night about John Devine. Do you want to know that they're, did you know that they're referring to incidences that are over 20 years old and part of that? Did you know that? Bet you didn't, but they, boy, they made that thing look like he was the devil incarnate. It's ugly season. And I'm sick and tired of low information voters. You've got to get out. Folks, if we don't take that, we talked about this yesterday. And I played some uh, Michael Berry uh, stuff yesterday. This election in the Texas House, have, given what we've gone through in the last year, and given that folks are finally waking up to this Democrat liberal Speaker of the House who has an R by his name, seeing how those are all finally getting exposed, we have to push to the end on this election. We have to fight to the very end. Ellen Troxclair must go home. She's got to go back to Austin, where she was born, where she was, where, where her, she, yeah, she was a, she's an Austin conservative. She's an Austin conservative. What do you think about that? That's kind of like jumbo shrimp, isn't it? Or as uh, Carlin used to say, military intelligence. <laughs> She's an Austin Republican. And I don't care who endorses her. I was there. I watched. We saw. We interacted with her. And numbnuts from Washington, D.C. are now coming out and telling you how great she is. They weren't even in the Capitol last year when she was there. I'm going to take a short break, folks. We'll be right back. Y'all stay tuned. Fighting the good fight. Matt Long on the Hill Country Patriots. The Hill Country Patriot. All right, we are back. I've tried to calm down a little bit. think I uh, burned up all my incense and drank all the chai tea about a week ago. Going to have to get myself another stash. Um, more, um, I live in Precinct 3 in Gillespie County, and... Uh, had not intended on interviewing the uh, candidates in Precinct 3 and uh, was um, because it's just kind of a, well, a majority of my listeners don't live in Precinct 3. But I had a number of people ask me to please uh, uh, please interview these two people. And uh, so I've got, um, I uh, have, oh, oh, let me see, I need to, um, I'm going to just see, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um all right, here we go. So I interviewed uh, both of these guys, uh, Mr. M Miller, uh, Carlin Miller, and Jeff McCallick, um, over the last couple of days. And uh, I'm going to play uh, Jeff McCallick's uh, interview first. He is running for Precinct 3 County Commissioner in uh, Gillespie County. So uh, here you go. All right, folks, I have on the line with me Mr. Jeff McCallick. Am I pronouncing that right, Jeff? It's Jeff McCallick. McCallick. All right, okay, we're getting there. McCallick, that's a good way to start. 
Get the name, uh, get the name right. Uh, Mr. McCallick, um, let's, you're running for, uh, county commissioner for precinct three in Gillespie County. And, uh, that's the precinct I live in. And so this is a personal, uh, personal vote for me too. Um, it seems over the years, it seems like most people just think about county commissioners as being the guys who fix the roads. There is more to that job, isn't there? There's a lot more to that job, yes. So t tell me about it. What what more is there? Well, uh, the main thing is, is working budgets. I mean, the budget, the county budget, we approve everything that that, uh, that entails within that, and also writing contracts and, and making sure that, that uh, of course, the roads are safe, the public is safe, but uh, mainly budgets and roads are the two main things that we deal with. Okay. So about four or five years ago, and I can't remember, it might have been six or eight years ago, so this is, uh, we'll hopefully get the answer to this, but I was talking with a county commissioner, and we have four precincts in the county, and from what I understood then is that there were not the same amount of roads or, uh, uh, when it came to road repairs, there were not the same amount of roads or equal amount of roads in all of the uh, four precincts, and I recall there being a discussion about uh, the equipment either not being distributed fairly or what? what is the status of the equipment and the crews in the four precincts and how are they how are they looking these days? Okay, all precincts have, precinct three has 134.2 miles of road. Mm -hmm. the, the other precincts have pretty close to the same. The, the equipment now, and, and, and I've been working with them for about two years, the equipment is, is pretty equal. We get together once a year and do the seal coat, which uh, all precincts come together, and, and we use all the dump trucks. We use the uh, we use the same, but we don't use the same material. But but we all come together and work that using all the there's there's county machines that we use, and there's also the, the precinct machines that we use. So it it's all pretty equal right now. The thing mm -hmm. that's not equal is the the traffic. That are on these roads. Precinct three, three is, is 290, and and we have the lion's share of the traffic. So wear and tear is a is a really big thing. Precinct three, and that's one of the things that that I can uh, I'm, I have the knowledge in the background to, to fix, and I think we can get ahead of the game there. Right now we're a little bit behind, but I do have the plan to take care of that. You know, I never know when I'm going down, and I go down 290, that's in and out of my house. I'm down that every day, several times, and getting off and on it. And I don't know whether to be mad at the county or the state for what's been going on at 290. Isn't that mostly well, state out there? That is mostly state. We control the, the right-of-ways, the county roads that come, come into 290, mm -hmm. uh, approximately 10 feet from 290 and, and, and back towards the county is ours. 290 is, is actually run by the state. We have little control over that. Uh, we have relationships with the, with the state, and, and we can use those relationships if, if, we, if there's an issue or a problem. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that is mainly, that's mainly the state's problem or issue, I guess. 
Okay. All right. Well, good. I won't call you next time they move all the... They move those little <laughs> orange cones. I think they just move them for fun. Right. You know, they put them all out in the middle of the road one day, and the next day they're not there. All right. Let's move on. The, uh, I moved to uh, the Hill Country in January of 99. Right. And uh, I'm still considered an outlander. Um, and <laughs> but uh, when I moved here, and I lived uh, north uh, uh, on 16 north of town, and I remember uh, driving out 16, noticing that there was some guy out there growing vineyard, had a, some vines out there growing grapes. And in 99, I remember thinking, what is this guy up to? What's going on here? You know, because. It's, Everybody grows peaches and has goats, and so um, that has all changed. Um, we have been told, you know, ever since I moved here, that water is a big issue in in, in Gillespie County in Central Texas. Talk to us about the wineries and the permits and the waters and what they have to go through to to set up business in in Gillespie County. Do they do they have to check with the county commissioners? They are supposed to get checked with the county commissioners, and they are supposed to have permits for wells and, and right-of-ways and all that. Does that happen every time? No, it does not. But a little background about about me. I graduated from Fredericksburg in 1980. I worked in the peach shed, and I worked at, at the peach shed with Kenneth Hoppin. We got a side job planting grapevines. Ah. We were 16, 17 years old, and, and I can remember us planting those thinking, what in the world are they doing? This is peach country. Mm-hmm. I mean, we couldn't believe it. And, and I graduated from, from high school and then moved away and, 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 and had a career and came back. And, of course, through the years, you see all these great, these, these vines and wineries, and you think, wow, man, they, they really took over. Um, but one of the things, one of the things that we just, we, we need to make sure of is, is we need to make sure that, that growth, we, we kind of need to embrace that growth and make sure that, that, that they have the same morals and values and, and respect for this land as we do. The, the water issue is, is, is another thing that, that's, a, that's a huge topic. I believe in, in, in property rights. If, if you own a piece of land, you should be able to do pretty much what you want to on that land unless it affects the people around you. If you're abusing water, you know, that's an issue. Mm-hmm. I think... You know, we, we need to harvest water. We, uh, we need to be proper stewards of the water. Uh, we need to do what's right. And and we've got different permitting of, of wells that that is going to slow down some of that growth. But then, you know, a lot of people have, have the good points. And, and we've we've talked to a lot of business owners that, that are upset that the city is coming in and, and drilling these wells in the county for, mm. uh, for the city. So, I mean... Those are issues that, that as a court, as a county court, we're going to have to get together, and we're going to have to make decisions together as, as moving forward, and, and all of us are going to have to be on the same page. Right now, I, I don't think there's a, a plan in place where we can go to and latch on to and say, okay, this is what you, as a business owner coming into the county, this is what you need to do. But I, I think... Putting something like that forth and, and having some kind of regulations is the way to go. And, and right now, I don't think we have that. So do you know anything about, um, and I think this is in Precinct 3, about some kind of uh, 
a monstrosity of a subdivision and shopping center or something going on on Old Luckenbach Road off of 290. Are you familiar with that? Can you talk to me about that? Yes, I, I am familiar with it. And, uh, of course, right now I'm not part of the uh, part of the court and I am not a county commissioner. I would have to direct you to Dennis Neffendorf right now about that. But we need to make sure as a county that they're following all the regulations and, and rules that that are set forth, and they need to abide by those rules. Now, if there's just a lot of things we have our, our hands tied on, but if we're not making those efforts to, to go meet with and talk to and express our concerns and express our 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 belief system on, on these people and make sure they're not, they're not going to do something that's going to be contrary to what we believe in, then, then we're going down the wrong path. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things aren't set in stone, and that's one of the things that, that as as a commissioner, I'm going to push for. I, I think we need to have a solid foundation on, on when we go talk to new businesses of, of what they need to expect. You know, you mentioned uh, private property rights as long as you're not interfering with your neighbor's rights. And that's kind of, a, you know, Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson, you know. As long as you're not picking my pocket or breaking my arm, then, you, you know, you, you can do what you what you wish to do. What, talk to us a little bit more about private uh, property rights. I know that um, nearly every uh, uh, deed restriction says you can't have hogs on your land. And so, I mean, we're and we're all pretty, and I'm talking about uh, you know domesticated pigs, not uh, not the feral ones. So we all say that, but at the same time, we're happy to make sure that the law says, uh, yeah, my neighbor can't have pigs. So talk to us a little bit more about private property rights. Well, and it goes back to you, as long as you're not causing harm to your neighbor. Mm -hmm. You should have the right to do pretty much within the law what what you want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a hog farm and, and you're gonna smell up the neighborhood, I mean that's one of those things where it's it's, it's not not good for the it's not good for the people of Gillespie County, and yeah. it's going to be on a, a case by case um, system. I mean we can't just lay out and say you can't do this, you can't do that, but. Uh, Again, it's going back to, to having a concerted effort by all of the court on what we can and what we can't do and, and what we, we what we expect of, of new business owners. Okay. All right. Well, I've kind of covered the main topics that I was concerned about. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to give us, uh, give us your best stump speech, and um, I'll just uh, – the floor is yours, and tell us why uh, folks in uh, Precinct 3 – in Gillespie County, uh, should vote for Jeff McCaleck. All right. Well, my vision is to keep this county a place where our children and our grandchildren are just as proud to call this home as, as you and I are. Uh, I'm a Reagan conservative. I, I value individual freedoms and limited government, fiscal responsibility, and, and the rule of law. And, and I'll, I'll govern with these four values, and, and they'll guide all of my decisions. My work ethic and morals and values were built right here in Gillespie County. I graduated from Fredericksburg High School in 1980. I still live on the piece of property that, that our family has had for over 75 years out on Old San Antonio Road. The last two years, well, before that, I had 38 years of management experience. I'm, I'm 
I'm well versed in budgets and, and writing contracts. I've, I've had hundreds of people work for me at, at, a, at a five state. So I have a lot of experience in management and, and was very successful with that. I also had two years with the uh, Gillespie County Roads and Bridge Department. I've learned every aspect of how to build and maintain roads. I've got a plan on the Gillespie County Republican Club website that details exactly what I'm going to do day one in order to get these roads in, in good, if not great, condition. It's going to take time. Hmm. I said we have 134 miles of roads. I mean, we can seal coat, in my opinion, 16, about 16 and a half miles of, of, of road a year. So do the math, and, and about every seven years, these, these roads need to be seal coated. It's going to be a challenge. I've heard people tell me that, hey, you can't do that. That's that's too big of a goal. Well, oh. I don't I don't see that. I've worked the numbers on it, and and I think we can we can get it done. It's it's having a vision or a plan. It's it's communi- communicating that plan, and it's executing. That's that's all it is. Um, and right now, I, I, we're just not hitting the goals. We're doing about five, maybe ten miles a, a year. That's just not cutting. You can go down the roads and. And kind of see where where they're falling apart. And a lot of that is is because of the drought. We had the drought, and then it started raining. The, the ground shrunk, and now it's swelling back up, and the roads are are really taking a beating. So we need just we need to get ahead of that. And I have a plan to do that. So uh, those are those are the main main reasons. Uh, we owe it to our future generations to protect our heritage and our way of life. The feeling that I had growing up here in Gillespie County is the feeling that I want my kids and my grandkids to have. Mm. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time today. I appreciate it and um, wish you the best in this election. And um, thank you again for taking the time today. Thank you, Matt. Let's keep uh, the Hill Country Country. Thank you, sir. Keep the Hill Country Country, Jeff McCallick says. And I, even after... Uh, even after uh, getting the proper pronunciation of his name, I managed to mispronounce it later on in the in in, in the uh, interview. That was Jeff McCallick running for precinct three in Gillespie County. We're going to take a short break, and when we get back, um, I'm going to play the interview I had with another candidate from for that uh, precinct three, and that would be Carlin Miller. And um, we'll be playing that when we get back after this short break. Y'all stay tuned. Protecting Texas for future generations. Matt Long on the Hill Country Patriot. We are back, and I better get some volume turned down here. We are back, and thank you for staying tuned. And um, I have now an interview I did with Carlin Miller. Mueller. Um, we uh, talked about his uh, German origin of his name, and uh, uh, we were uh, very disappointed in the fact that the umlaut has gone away. And uh, so... Carlin uh, Miller is uh, this is a candidate for precinct three in Gillespie County Commissioner's Court. So listen up, folks. I have on the line with me uh, Mr. Carlin Miller, who is running for 
um, County Commissioner for Place Three in Fredericksburg or in, in, in Gillespie County. And to be completely open, he is uh, running for I live in his district. And so uh, thank you very much uh, for uh, uh, joining this call with me today. I really appreciate it, Mr. Mueller. Well, thank you, Matt. So um, one of the things on county commissioners, I think everybody always, I think the first assumption is, well, all they do is run around and fix roads and, and take care of our roads and highways. Is that, is that all the job is of county commissioner? No. Uh, county commissioner uh, addresses almost all county business going on throughout the county, be it uh, budgeting for all different departments, law enforcement, and uh, maintenance, and approving, you gotta look at, it goes through commissioner's court on approving what equipment to buy for different departments, mm -hmm. and it's a whole lot of budget is involved there because you have to go basically you're looking at everyone's budget but a big area of commissioner is to maintain roads is to run the road and bridge department okay let's talk about equipment i was talking to a county commissioner i goodness i don't know if it was two or three or four years ago and at the time there seemed to be an issue with having enough equipment i mean you've got four do we actually have four sets of road crews, one for each precinct, or do, are you all sharing the equipment? Uh, or do you have an equipment issue uh, when it comes to uh, maintenance uh, and repair of the roads? There is a little bit of an equipment issue here and there. Uh, the precincts are pretty well set up with their own set of basic equipment. Uh huh. Each precinct has their own motor grader and uh, loaders, and and then when it comes time to pave, all the precincts come together because it takes more manpower than any one precinct has. Okay. And uh, the uh, there is uh, numerous items of equipment which are considered county-wide equipment, mm -hmm. which all the precincts share. So if someone wants uh, repair work on, on their road or some maintenance in, in their area, um, do uh, who do they call? Do they call the county commissioner's office and, and get on a list, or how does that work? They're, yes. Call the county commissioner's office, and at that point in time, it will be addressed. Uh, if I'm elected, I'll, I'll get with them and line it up to where I can meet with them to go look at their specific what they have going on and address it from there, whether it's send someone out to patch something or, you know, whether we need to. And a lot of our roads really have zero amount of base on them. Mm -hmm. If you look at uh, along the side of the county roads and you'll see these dugout spots, looks like, Oh, years ago they dug a tank there. Well, that's actually where they were getting the road material to build the road. Ah, okay. Versus using, uh, you know, approved tested base. Mm -hmm. So all four districts 
all four precincts do not have the equal number of like miles of roads and maintenance requirements, do they? It is supposedly it's fairly close. Uh, mm -hmm. Precinct three, the precinct that I'm running for, has the one one hindrance, but also has the uh, due to that it has pretty much all of the Pedernales River in it, mm -hmm. with the exception of Precinct One has some of the some of yeah the Pedernales in it, and that alone gives its own set of trials and tribulations. Uh. Okay. Um, let me ask you, um, I, since I moved here, I got here in 1999. I understand you've been here for, have you been here for generations? Is that what you told me yesterday? I live on uh, the original home place, uh, which came into the family back in 1854. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Um, the um, When I moved here in uh, 1999, there was some weird guy up on 16 North that was growing some vineyards. And every time I drove by, I'm thinking, you know, I haven't, there's not a sign that's seen a vineyard anywhere in the hill country. And here's this crazy guy up on 16 North. I don't even know if he's still growing grapes up there, but I remember seeing that. And then obviously, I don't even have to complete the rest of this. We yeah. are over. We are overrun with wineries. Here's the question I have about the wineries, and it has to do with water. From what I understand, I'm not allowed to drill a well on my property. I don't think it's big enough. I'm not sure what the deal is on that. But uh, these wineries seem to, are they all drilling their own wells? Are they drinking, putting the straw in the same uh, aquifer that the rest of us are depending on? And does the county commissioner have any say on these wineries and their water use or when they purchase land or come into Gillespie County? From what I understand, if they're putting in a vineyard, as in a farm in which to grow grapes, uh -huh. uh, and they want to put in an irrigation well, that all falls under... Uh, they have, uh, I believe they have to go get a permit through the uh, water board. Okay. Uh, I forget the exact name of that water board. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and then, uh, and then all that goes, uh, I believe they're also, um, I'm fairly certain they're also affiliated, the water board affiliates all that through, also with uh, PCEQ, right, and uh, and where the commissioner come in would be, uh, I know a lot of them have to go before the uh, commissioner's court to get approval to put in uh, like a large commercial complex where they're bringing public in. Uh huh. I know they're supposedly building another one right there. At, uh, off, of old, off of old Lukenbach Road. Is there about something old, monstrous yeah. about to go in there? Yes, that's a monstrous project. What? And so does the county? And so the county commissioners? Uh, 
do they have a right to say, uh, that's not a good use for this land. That doesn't fit in the hill country. That's not what we, the look we're after. Does the county commissioners have any role to play on whether or not a, a massive uh, compound like that opens up in the county? I'm really uncertain. Of, I know they have some, some say in the access points mm -hmm. and as to that. But I'm one of those people, you want to build something on your land, I'm not going to be opposed to it, but is it going to encroach upon your neighbor? Uh, okay, okay. Um, yeah. That actually that actually leads really up to the next question. Where do you where do you draw the line between private property rights and, like you said, the effect it has on your neighbor? Which way do you which way do you lean on that? And talk to us a little bit about private property rights. I lean pretty heavy on the private property rights. I own pro I own property on the river on the south side. Okay. And uh, I, I I'm not going to be told what I can what I can and can't do on my property. I understand going about it the legal way. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know. If I want to drill another well, well, I have to go through and get the proper permits and do all that. Ah, okay. All right. Okay. So, uh, do you have any hogs on your property? Uh, about, uh, about a month ago. Yeah. I have my property uh, leased out for grazing. Yeah. And me and my leaser were going driving through the property. And yeah. notice that the hogs have killed about 200 acres. Oh, my goodness. If I could just teach them where to kill. Yeah, boy, isn't that the truth? <laughs> if we could get them to eat some of this cedar, that would be a pretty good deal. What do you, talk a little bit more about that. Uh, I know that uh, they are uh, the hogs are just, just so destructive of property. Um, there, we ought to be able to here in Gillespie County. You know, the Europeans love eating that meat. Uh, we ought to, with our German uh, heritage here, we ought to be able to market those hogs and do something with that meat. What do you think about that idea? I know there is. Uh, my in-laws are from Cross Plains, Texas, mm -hmm. and up at Cross Plains. Uh, there's a company up there called Boss Hog Traps. Uh huh. And they also buy live hogs and take them through and run them through the sale. Ah. So there's a there's a profit opportunity for someone if they've got the hogs on their property that they can do something like that. There um, are some some younger people up there that that's all they do is trap hogs. Oh, well, good for them. That's good for them. Man, we could get them down here. Let's let's get some of these guys off the land. I know I hate when I see a car that hits one of them. It's never pretty. It's not pretty. It's never pretty. So uh, give, us, uh, give us a couple of minutes uh, stump speech, um, and uh, those were pretty much all the questions I had for you, um, Mr. Mueller. So give us a little bit of a stump speech, and um, I appreciate again, I appreciate the time that you have spent with me today? Well, I'm Carlin Miller. I'm running for County Commissioner Precinct 3. I uh, was born and raised in Gillespie County. Sixth generation landowner here. And uh, I have about 
30 years of road experience working in the private sector, putting in subdivisions and other, all the way up to heavy highway construction. And I have about eight years in mining experience of manufacturing of materials. I'd love to have your vote. <laughs> Okay. Well, there you go. That's a good way to end the stump speech. Um, Mr. Mueller, thank you again for uh, taking the time with me and uh, just appreciate it. And that's good luck in this race. And um, thank you again for joining me. All right. Thank you, Matt. All right, folks, we're going to take a short break and uh, we'll be right back. And uh, by the way, good afternoon to my friend Trevor McCauley in Northern Ireland, who is uh, recuperating from a wee surgery as he told me and um normally doesn't get to listen but uh since he is uh recuperating right now good morning trevor or good afternoon trevor hope you're enjoying your tea and biscuits and um we're gonna take a short break we'll be right back rhinos hate him i'm out come out wherever you are he's matt log on the hill country patriot Right, we are back, and I am seriously pressed for time today, and so I'm going to get right into Tuesday. This is day six, day six of the um, Lent, of Lent, of uh, the season of repentance. And uh, so today's uh, reading comes out of Matthew 23 and 27. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. In the seven woes of condemnation issued by Jesus against the scribes and Pharisees in Matthew 23, the sixth paints a visit vivid and telling portrait his verbal strokes give life to a cold chilling picture of a spotless white coffin so beautiful on the outside but full of a rotting corpse the pharisees had placed so much emphasis on minor outward appearances that major qualities and character which were of the most concern to god were left untouched they completely missed god's cruise liner it left them on the deck dock and sailed away Usually when I read this scripture, I comfort myself with words of assurance that I am not like the scribes or Pharisees, and in part, that is true. However, there are times when I get mixed up and confuse the mountains and the molehills. It almost always follows a time of temptation when I did not say, get behind me, Satan. Rather, I give it to the eerie voice whispering, it's okay, go ahead. I want to hear the devil as he really sounds, not for the impersonator he pretends to be. I want to see him for the empty, wrecked lives he causes, not the gusto-filled life of fun in the sun that he advertises. That is what I vow to do today with God's help. Michael, uh, Mike, Mike Sublett adds a prayer to this, and he says, Jehovah Jireh, you are the God who provides what we need to do your will. And Lord God, I know that it is your will that I be pure on both the inside and the outside, 
So, Father God, rescue me from my confusion, my mixed-upness. Bless me with the discernment that I need to defeat Satan's daily assaults. Amen. Thank you, folks. Uh, that comes from uh, Mike Sublet's book, Celebration and Repentance. I have been reading uh, the Advent out of it during Advent season every year, but had not been doing the Lent um, portion of this book. And so this year, this is the first time for me to do that, and I am enjoying it. I hope it, uh, I hope it brings something good to you. And, uh, folks, um, I know I started out angry today, and um, I am, I'm telling you what, I, this has been tough. This uh, election season is ugly, ugly, ugly. And um, I'm going to do the best to guide you to the most conservative and good people that are running in this primary right now. And I know Lorraine is doing the same and Harley's doing the same. And uh, you just need to stay tuned for Lorraine. We'll see y'all manana.